You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast, and today we have Brittany Mulkentine with us, uh, who is the owner of Lactation Innovations and the Manula device. So thank you so much for being here with us, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me. <coughs> uh, so, you know, I always like to start out just getting some background on you as a nurse, like what kind of nurse are you, and how did it lead to where you are now in your business? Yeah, of course. So I'm a kind of a recent graduate. I went to the University of Connecticut for my undergraduate studies and I graduated in 2017. I'm currently, since I've graduated, I've worked in the pediatric intensive care unit at Connecticut Children's Medical Center. So that's kind of all of my experience has been in the ICU setting. I'm currently this year, I'm finishing up right now getting my master's um, in pediatric primary care at Regis College, so I'm pretty excited about that. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good when it's done. Um, <laughs> it's a good experience though. Um, but my business um, and my device and my technology really started um, from an undergraduate class, my senior kind of like design project while I was at the University of Connecticut. So it was kind of unrelated to my current work experience. It was more interested interest that I had um, during my senior year of, of college. Okay. Um, and what came of that? Like, what was the the project that you were supposed to work on? So my senior year, we did we had this healthcare innovation class, and the goal of the project um, it was pretty much a paper basically, and we were asked the question if we could improve the medical field in one way what would we do and, and what device would we develop or what new protocol would we do that could improve um, the medical field in, in some point. And we really were just supposed to develop a business plan. Um, and I had a lot of interest in maternal fetal health and I had shadowed a lot of lactation consultants. Um, and one of the biggest problems that I saw was a lot of moms had anxiety and apprehension and really struggled with breastfeeding. And one of their biggest questions was, um, how much breast milk is my baby getting and, and why isn't there no way of actually detecting breast milk intake? Mm -hmm. And so I, I did a lot of research and, you know, saw what was out there on the market um, as part of the project and what was the kind of the standard of care. And really there's just scales, but there's really no true way of definitively defining how much breast milk an infant is taking. And been. And I learned quickly the, the famous quote and statistic that 50% of moms stop breastfeeding two weeks postpartum simply because of the anxiety and apprehension of not knowing how much breast milk their baby's consuming. And so sure enough, I, you know, I thought in my head, well, why can't I develop this device that accurately um, and conveniently measures how much breast milk is entering into the baby's stomach? And so I worked with a team of biomedical engineers at UConn and I basically told them what my vision was and kind of similar devices that were out there on the market. And I said, Hey, this is, this is what I want, what I want to develop. And, um, this is the, you know, the key features and this is why I want to develop it. And let's see if we can actually create a device. And to my surprise, um, after working with them so closely my senior year, um, and hand in hand, we were actually able to create a working prototype. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. <laughs> uh, and what was that time frame? Like when, how long did something like that take? Um, so, you know, we started, I like came up with the idea and what I wanted um, towards like the end of my junior year. Um, but we really didn't start on the project and I really didn't meet them until kind of mid my senior year. Um, and then we had a, like a pitch competition, so to say, in front of judges um, April, like pretty much the last month of my senior year at UConn. So it was only like a few months in time of working together that we really were able to create this device that, you know, I, I had pictured in my head. Um, and then I, you know, we had the competition and I lost the competition. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, yeah, I was so surprised. And um, I was like, why? I have this working device. And, um, you know, I could have just been on with it. I did great on the project and kind of just been done, but I'll never forget. Um, and he's one of my key advisors right now. There was a judge on the panel. It was kind of very similar to like a shark tank, like, um, experience. Um, but he was asking me all these questions about my device. He was like, did you do a patent search yet? Have you looked at the market size? How much would you sell this device for? And when he was asking me all these questions, they were kind of going in one ear out the other with all my nursing background. I was like, I don't really know anything about business or what he's asking me. And then I went home that day and I thought a lot about it. And I was like, you know, he seemed very interested and he seemed to think that I actually had something here. And I was like, I do have a working device. And so I kind of did a shot in the dark and, and found that guy's email that night. Um, one of the panelists who, who is a very successful entrepreneur and CEO himself. And I emailed him and I met with him the next day and, and asked him, how can I actually make this device become a reality? Wow. That's <laughs> that's because, I yeah. mean, you could have just let that drop, right? Like what would have happened exactly. if you had dropped it? Like nothing, right? It would have just been an A on the paper and, and not even <laughs> for the device probably. <laughs> so what happened after you, when you, when, after you met him? So after I met him, um, you know, it was pretty much May and I had just graduated. And I remember so vividly, I basically signed up for my NCLEX in June to be a nurse. And at the same time, I had a meeting with a lawyer that week to develop an LLC. And I remember telling my mom, I think I'm going to start a company. <laughs> and she looked at me and was like, I mean, go ahead. Why not? You never know. Right. And when I said it out loud, I was like, okay, I have no idea what that even means. I was just kind of, I remember going to Barnes and Noble and getting like LLC for dummies. Like I just <laughs> very, very lost. I mean, I knew so much about school and part of me wanted to like go back to school right away to get my master's. And I just was like, here I am starting a company simultaneously. And so I always say, you know, for the first year that I had my LLC, um, I really just kind of struggled to keep it moving and alive. And I got eaten alive by investors because I had no idea what I was talking about when I went in front in front of them for like little pitch competitions here and there, like at like local schools. Um, I submitted a few grants to the government through the NIH, uh, all by myself, and I kind of was just throwing myself out there at different like local innovation events, trying to raise money. Um, I filed a, a provisional patent that year, um, and just was kind of realizing sitting down and being like, okay, where do I want to go from here? What's next? And, and what are the steps to actually make this a successful device? But again, I, I was pretty clueless for the first year that I started. So let me ask you, and you can answer this however you want, but um, what is like the financial 
input to this? Like the, I'm assuming this was all your money going into the company at this point. Yeah. Right? It, okay. Yep. Exactly. Was it significant? Exactly. Um, it was pretty significant and it hasn't, and it got more significant a year later. Um, I always say it was a match made in heaven, but I met my partner, um, who's my partner in my company right now. And things have definitely sped up since we have become partners. Um, and you know, a lot, all of our expenses pretty much to date, to date for the MVP, for the prototype, um, for our patent that recently got approved, um, for things for initial testing and, and research all has been bootstrap and self-funding. Um, we recently got a, um, a seed funding in the fall, but everything else has been our funding to date. So pretty much I'm still working as a nurse. Um, but a lot of it does go into the company. Well, um, and that's pretty impressive. So what, what is the timeline here? When, when did you graduate? When was this project? Yeah. So I, so I started, I graduated in 2017 and I, um, of May, and then I started the company in June of 2017. I didn't meet my business partner until fall of 2018. Um, and then we have been together for a little over a year and a half now, and we are, um, preparing for our, um, testing on infants this year, later this year. Also, we're going to be um, doing our pre-submission meeting with the FDA this year, and we're expected to commercialize and launch an FDA-approved um, class two medical device in 2023. Oh my gosh, well, <laughs> that's really, so how does, this, how does this device work? Like, what do you tell moms um, how this works? Yeah, so basically what it is, is it's a non-invasive, um, medical grade sensor. It utilizes technology that's widely approved in infants already. It just kind of uses it in a different, um, a different way, but basically either in the pocket of a onesie that lies over the baby's stomach or in a strap, um, it's, it lies in the baby's belly and then it takes a baseline reading. And then as the baby's consuming breast milk, it then calculates non-invasively how much breast milk they're actually consuming. And then that is transmitted via Bluetooth to a software app or to the electronic healthcare record and then displays um, the breast milk intake um, for the provider or for the mother. Oh, and so that gives the mom the confidence that the baby's getting enough food. Um, right. Okay. Yep. And, um, you know, we're anticipating entering into the hospitals. And so as more as for those, there's no way of, making sure before like the discharge criteria for breastfeeding moms is like two successful feedings. There's really no way to even fully ensure that the baby's consuming breast milk before they leave the hospital, um, unless they're pumping and then giving it to them. But if they're just at the breast, um, and the weights are not detecting those small volumes in the beginning. So there's this huge error, this huge, um, a lot of moms see, weight loss in those first few days, in those first few weeks with their pediatrician. So they're going for frequent weight checks, a lot of lactation consultants. Um, and so we're trying to enter into that area um, before all of that happens. Oh yeah. I mean, that would eliminate so much because I would imagine um, the amount of breast milk an infant in those first couple of days takes is way less than we expect. <laughs> yeah, very, very small. Very, very you small. You give them like eight ounces of milk or something and it's just not no. <laughs> it's very small. It's like small in the smallest amount of milliliters. Um, so it's really, it's pretty minuscule compared to what they end up feeding. Um, but they also could be, um, a lot of infants go with undiagnosed dehydrate, like a mild formed, mild to moderate form of dehydration in the first few days. 
oh, because they're okay. actually not getting anything at the breast or the mom's breast uh, milk is delayed coming in. So there's this kind of huge discrepancy if, if they're actually getting anything or, or they're not. Um, and a well baby can tolerate that, but babies that are smaller, um, have, you know, have more difficult time because then they'll lose their weight drastically. And they don't have any weight to afford to lose. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, no, that, that's, um, that's really impressive. Um, so, and this device, when you were working with the, uh, what did you say? The bio people? Medical engineers. Yep. Yeah. Medical engineers. <laughs> um, so what did they think of it as well? Were they really kind of like, oh my God, this is really interesting or different or? Yeah. I think, you know, I think I was very lucky to, I don't work, we don't really work hand in hand anymore. Um, it was kind of just something that we did in school together. And I've just been the one that's, you know, run with it. I don't think they, um, thought that it would probably get to the point where it is today. Um, but I do remember when they did the initial testing and they tested it on themselves and it was most accurate and in the smallest engineer, they were kind of mind blown that it actually worked. Um, and so, you know, you do a lot of senior projects and everything's almost like hypothetical in schooling, but when you actually have something that, that works and you can prove it over and over again, that, that it is working is just like a huge surprise. But again, they were engineers. I was a nurse. We didn't really have any business background, any business education. So it's like, you know, where do you go from here? How do you, how do you bring a medical device to the market when you have no experience and you're graduating college and you're only 22 years old? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I mean, it's a big question for anybody, regardless of your age or experience. Like, right. Uh, so what is, kind of that pathway now that you've you've been going down it um if you were to tell somebody who was just let's say in your position they were in school and they're in their, in their healthcare innovation class and they have a device that they created what would you tell them to do first um team 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 yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is the thing that i learned um the hardest and the quickest um you know in my first year where i always say that i kept the device alive Um, and and kind of the company alive, it was really, I did the first grant and I went in front of investors and they're like, well, who's your team? Um, Who's your expertise? Like how, you know, you are, and I always would say me, (laughs) I am the team. Um, And I like to take things. I like, I'm notoriously known for taking a lot on at once. Um, But any kind of company that you're starting, any kind of device or thing that you're trying to change, you really need team. You need to find out and admit where you lack expertise or where you lack knowledge um, because you're always going to have gaps in, in different things. And, you know, it's, it's great that you can maybe be diverse in a lot, but I knew that I was one lacking engineering experience and two lacking business experience. And my partner that I, I work with now, who one of my advisors introduced us, um, she's developed class three medical devices before. So she has a, um, a graduate degree in mechanical engineering, but she also has her MBA and ran her own medical device consulting business. And she was also a breastfeeding mom. So she was exactly kind of like three people that I was looking for in one. <laughs> um, so I always say, you know, kind of really evaluating where your team is. Um, getting a great lawyer was something that I learned right away too. Um, so I was very fortunate for the law group that I've been working with. Um, because getting a patent was like number one priority. All my money went into that. And because a lot of the conversations that I have with people, 
Um, if I didn't have the patent, I wouldn't have felt safe. And so it was kind of learning what can I say and what can I say? So really protecting yourself and all those conversations with whether it's consulting groups or, or VCs or um, different businesses, it was really getting a, a strong um, patent uh, firm um, and law firm just to kind of have those conversations with. Now, was the patent difficult to get? Like, did you have to submit? Um, yeah. So I, the first thing I did was I filed a provisional and that can survive for basically a year until you have to file for a full patent, um, a, a non-provisional. And so it probably took, I think we filed for it in um, October of 2018 for the non-provisional and then it got filed almost about a year later. So it's, it's kind of like a waiting process. And sometimes it's like, you know, it, it takes even longer than that. It takes shorter than that. They never really knew. And then once we got, once we got in, it said it was approved. It was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. That's great. And so right now we're working on um, expanding our, our IP. And so really kind of just looking into all the avenues that we have with the device. Um, so that's another important, you know, important thing, seeing what else we can do um, besides the patent that we have right now. Um, now, does this thing need to be FDA approved as well? Yeah. And so that we, um, we recently, we've been in a few different accelerators, um, which is great. I always recommend that for people that are starting off or they have a business plan. We did mass challenge out of Boston. Um, it was a fantastic program and it, we did it this summer. We were in their summer cohort and it really took us time. It really made us focus and sit down and say, okay, what is the goal for the company? What is the goal for the device? Where do we want to be? What kind of company do we want to be? Um, and so we kind of had this oscillatory effect where it was like, can we do a consumer device? Yes, it could have been a consumer pathway, but that's really not what we were going after. We're really going after um, changing the standard of care and really being this kind of like disruptive um, technology and women's health and really entering we wanted to gain the confidence of providers and, and be more of a diagnostic than just a peace of mind device, you know, having both. And so um, based on that and based on those goals and, and what we've, you know, kind of set out to be, um, we're going to, we're, the plan is to be a class two medical device. And so go through the FDA. Okay. Oh, is this something that you will eventually um, have people by individually or are you're just going to focus on um... um yeah so there will be um um consumer um consumer purchases but we're also going to be um the goal is to be have it um reimbursed through insurance um and so. how does that piece work do you um how do you get stuff reimbursed by insurance so there's different clauses um with different things um but through right now breastfeeding, similar to like the breast pump, breastfeeding supplies are reimbursed by insurance. Um, so looking at that avenue is something that, that we'll be pursuing. Okay. Is that something you have to go through each individual insurance company or is there like one big place that you can go? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm not sure all of the ins and outs of insurance right, is, um, uh -huh. but that is definitely by, by being a medical device, that's a benefit as opposed to consumer device. Um, Cause there's currently some devices out there on the market called like mom sense, milk sense. Um, there's a scale called hatch baby. And these um, are other devices that are aiming to quantify breast milk intake. 
but they are more um, consumer-based devices. And so those aren't things that are necessarily covered by insurance because they're just sold on the consumer market. Uh, so you, you've been learning all of this along the way, right? <laughs> yes, all of this has been a complete learning process of, along the way. And um, I'm definitely learning something each and every day. Um, yeah, <laughs> I imagine. Whatever yeah. Avenue, yeah. So from the, um, the setting up the LLC to bootstrapping to getting a patent with your lawyers to establishing medical device status, FDA approval, and then insurance um, coverage of the device. Yeah. And actually being successful and, you know, and, and penetrating, you know, the market and launching. And so it's all, you know, as we go along, my partner and I were acquiring different people that are helping us along the way and, and filling in those gaps. But each and every day is definitely a learning process. And, you know, we've definitely, I always say that we have a lot of highs and lows, a lot of hard no's and then you you celebrate the really whether they're very tiny or very big the yeses and those successes and that kind of keeps you plugging along and, and reaching for the goal at the end yeah. Yeah. and what about like um when you get ready to market this into the hospital system um what is kind of the plan there i think it depends <laughs> i think it depends i you know i think it's we, you know, we have some certain plans of how we might be, but it could change whether you get acquired along the way mm. uh, or you continue just as if we continue just the two of us um, going through and, and entering the hospital system. So I think that plan might, as time goes on, that might be adjusted, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, that, that's such an exciting time. Like <laughs> you have no yeah. idea what's going to happen. And like, there's so many big possibilities. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, nurse innovation has been something that is just like this up and coming movement. And I was very fortunate. I did um, a plenary session for Johnson and Johnson. I was one of the three guest speakers for like a TED style talk for them um, back in April of 2018. And I, you know, to have nurses come up to me that are probably a year or two below me only. And they're like, how can we be you? And and it's just so great to see that, you know, to inspire other nurses that are at the bedside and and see all these areas and gaps and, and need for change. How can like I and others that have come before me inspire them to act on that and, and make those changes. So it's been a really rewarding experience as a nurse to be able to see the different possibilities that you have. Yeah, because there are so many opportunities uh, for you to just kind of let this whole thing go along the way. Yeah, 100%. 100%. There, there has been probably more than there is I could count on two hands Um, (laughs) times where it's like, okay, is this, you know, is this worth it? And I, you know, I think that if I'd be, I always say I'm very bluntly honest and a lot of entrepreneurs are, you know, failure of startups is, is huge. It's so many lack of money, lack of team, or they're just not, they're not different enough or, you know, there, there's too many people out there doing what they're trying to do. And, those are all things that are always like a worry. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, it's just so rewarding to be able to see how far it's come from the, I always say, you know, the pitch deck that I first threw up that had a Crayola drawing of what I wanted my device to look like um, to what it looks like now is just, it just goes to show you that 
you know, it can happen. And there have been people that have done it before. It's just a process that you have to be patient um, with and, and take your time, but it'll all be worth it when it's yeah. all said and done. Well said. Um, well, let me ask you one more question. So Manola, what is that? Is that a special name? Um, yeah. So um, I think I alluded to her in the beginning. I always talk about my mom. Um, she is my best friend. Um, so we've, she has been very supportive in this whole process. And I always say that that's huge, just having people that kind of support you when you're doing this business process. But my mom is Greek. And so um, very like strong family foundation. And Manula, um, when I did my talk for, for Johnson & Johnson, they kind of helped me elicit why I, I came up with the name Manula and why I, um, why I even developed this device. And, and to me, the mother baby dynamic is so important. And even since I've been a little girl, I always, you know, was so fascinated about how moms can be so nourishing to their infants. And breastfeeding is one of those experiences that only moms can do. And, and they do this, you know, this great, amazing thing. And I wanted to make this experience even better for moms. And so when I was trying to think of the name for the device, I was giving names to my mom and I was like, what can I do that's kind of different that embodies our, our values for family and motherhood? And, and she said, Manula. And I was like, what does that even mean? I didn't even know what that word meant. I was like, Google translation, please. And so um, there's words in Greek that kind of mean there's like family and then a word that means like the undivine love for family. And then there's like mom and then there's like the undenying love of motherhood and the nourishing aspect of motherhood. And, and Manula is like kind of like a divine term for mother and their ability to care for their children. And I was like, perfect. It's great. <laughs> well, it actually has a meaning and people are like, where does Manula come from? So um, that that's where it comes from. It's a, a Greek word. Yeah, it only makes your product that much better. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good fit. It was a good fit. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, Brittany. So, can you tell everybody where they can find out more information uh, or where they can find you? Yeah. So, um, if you go to www.lactationinnovations.com, that is a website for um, our company and our device. If you um, search through there, you'll see an image um, of myself and my partner, and it can also link you to our LinkedIn's. It has our info um, email, so you can send in emails with questions to our info email, or you can connect with us on LinkedIn. I always love um, connecting with different people. I've learned that the nursing community is so strong, and they're always so willing to help others, so it's great to hear from people reaching out and saying, hey, how can I do this? And you know, I might not be able to help that person, but I always like, like to defer to somebody that I may or may not know. So. Yeah, that, that's really great. Thank you so much for that. Um, and thank you so much for this interview. Cause I think this is, this is really great. And I'm really excited to, to send this out um, for people to hear about this. So, you know, thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad to be on the, sh on the talk. It was great. All right. All right. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you. Have a good day.